Hi there, welcome back to the Broadway show Uncut, and it's a big one because a brand new day is here. I'm Tamsin Fidel, thanks for being with us. Well, The Wiz is on the yellow brick road to Broadway. We've been talking about it for a while now. The revival in the midst of a nationwide tour before heading to New York City in 2024. So for the past several months, we've been talking to members of the cast and also checking out the creative team who are bringing The Wiz back to Broadway. This week, we're gonna chat with Tony nominee, Amber Ruffin. You probably know her from her own late night show, The Amber Ruffin Show, as well as Late Night with Seth Meyers. But she's also worked to update The Wiz for 2024 and beyond. Here's Paul Wontorek with the interview. How's it going, Amber? Hi. Oh my God, you are, I think this is a kind of a dream project for you. Am I right? You've been dreaming this. Yes, absolutely. I feel like everybody adores The Wiz and to some extent, The Wiz has done real work for you. Like, you know, being um, a little kid, I it just didn't occur to me that I could be like a silly, you know, like add a pearl and have my own character and my own jokes because I was a girl who um, was black. I had never really seen that before. Uh -huh. And I feel like every person has something like that. The Wiz reached out and spoke mm. to you specifically and everybody has um, a case of that where it just expanded how you thought about what entertainment could be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but it honestly yeah. did. I, I also think it's because it was so, uh, it was, hmm. a lot of the audience was children and the children were entertained and the parents were entertained and like in the same way. You know mm. what I mean? Like we all loved that the robot was doing the robot. Everybody loved, uh, you know, every mm. moment of it. And that you don't get a lot. It's so true because yeah. you're, they're not talking down, the show doesn't talk down to the kids. That's right. And it doesn't make the parents feel like they're stuck at a kid's show. That's right. But and they don't like segregate the jokes yeah. from old people jokes and baby jokes. That it's everybody laughing at the same joke, which I, that's the dream. Well, that's so, okay, so that immediately feels like that's a, that's a big challenge. I feel like the, okay, I feel two ways about it. Uh -huh. Because people love The Wiz so much mm -hmm. that they're really gonna defend it and it better be just like they want it to be. But also, people love The Wiz so much that they're, you know, <laughs> there to have a great time. Like, it's both. Uh -huh. I feel like it, I feel different every day. To, mm -hmm. Today, I feel like, ah, it's The Wiz, it's great. But yesterday, I was like, oh God, everyone's <laughs> gonna be so crazy because we changed this and this. But I think, I hope people are gonna love it. Yeah because I love it enough for all of us. <laughs> Same, actually. So what was your entry point? Do you remember your very first exposure to The Wiz? Yeah, watching it, watching the movie. Yep, same. Um, in the basement on the big TV. We had one big TV from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was a kid, it was still working. And so I, um, we watched it on like, what would be a small screen now. But uh, the whole family sat down and we watched it together and everybody knew it already. Mm. And I just thought, huh, how odd. Everybody knows this whole movie. And then come to find out if you leave your house 
and go to almost any house in America, everybody knows every part of the Wiz. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you, you talked about what the Wiz brings to different people. Yeah. And for me, I, it's funny, I was thinking about this, seeing that movie uh, sort of lit a lot of New York City dreams for me because the movie was sort of set in New York City. The, uh, the Emerald City was New York City. Yeah. And so I feel like it sparked a lot of my New York City dreams. That is completely different than the Wiz on stage. That would, that, and you actually, so you too were exposed to a radical different version of the show that you are now adapting yeah. your own version of, which is interesting because you kind of can do a lot of things to it. Right? Yeah, I, I feel like they are so much more different than you think. Like, I, I remember seeing The Wiz on stage for the first time. That's just so, uh, um, uh, 1998, probably. And it was so, I, I just, I only knew the movie. Mm -hmm. And then when you come in and you watch it on stage, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, she's in Kansas in the beginning, and you're like, you're in Kansas? What are you talking about, <laughs> Kansas? <laughs> this is a child. <laughs> right, right, where's Diana Ross? Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very different. Yeah, And much different. more similar to The Wizard of Oz. More similar to The Wizard of Oz. So right. that makes it easy to understand mm -hmm. what's happening. And it also makes you think, they really took some crazy big swings to make that movie. Right? <laughs> because once I know. you see it on stage, you're like, what? <laughs> nothing is the same. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. So let's talk about this. This is a show written in the 70s. Yeah. Obviously a huge hit on Broadway. Nobody knew it was going to be a hit. And then it just reached people. And it was a word of mouth hit and, and legendary, like a legendary hit for, for black representation, for black talent. Uh, for all kinds of Broadway audiences. It, the music, it has a super cool score um, by Charles Small, right? Yeah. Uh, fantastic songs, very rooted in soul, R&B, right? 70s sounds, the original. Obviously, you can do a lot of things with the music to sort of, and I'm sure this production is gonna have its own sort of take on the music. Um, the book by William F. Brown, mm -hmm. I feel like um, music from that period is has maybe sort of aged better than language of the period, right? That's right. I mean, he wrote a very successful book for this production, um, but it's kind of the thing that everyone wants to make sure they're looking at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. So is that is that how you would sort of describe it as well? What like what your task is here? Yeah, I feel like my task is to bring the Wiz into 2024, not like Dorothy's holding an iPad or we're, <laughs> you know, know, using today's <laughs> slang, but it's, it's so that when you do it in a high school, you know, kids aren't like, hey, I can't be doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It has to be of today mm -hmm. um, as far as our sensibilities go. Right. So that is the first task. Yeah. Because, buddy, there's it. It can be dicey. Right. Um, and uh, you know, actually, now that it occurs to me, as I'm saying this, it's almost like when you watch like TV variety specials of the '70s, that's right. and you're watching comedy skits, yep. which were so successful at the time, and you're just kind of just like it just doesn't translate yeah. right to today's sensibility. Yeah, in a number of different ways. Yeah. But one of the things I thought was really cool about the Wiz 
is how 70s it was. Yeah. And it was it had a ton of slang from the right. 70s and it just made it cool. Uh -huh. it, it, like either The Wiz takes place in 1970 something or it just has no time, right? right? So I wanted to write one that kids can do 20 years from now mm. that had no time, that wasn't associated with, um, that you couldn't read yep. it and go, this is from this exact period. Mm -hmm. So I hope that that, that I did that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I and The Wizard of Oz has that same timeless yes. appeal. Yes, Right. and that's what, you know, that's our hope. Our hope is that The Wiz does well and you know, when people do the whiz, they do this version. Um, and because we always had an eye to that, I tried to write something that I thought would still be cool mm -hmm. in a few years. Mm -hmm. So you have the structure. It follows the basic story of The Wizard of Oz, yeah. right? Um, probably even more so than your Tony-nominated book of Some Like It Hot followed Some Like It Hot. Yes. I mean, this is probably even more. I think The Wiz is a little closer to The Wizard of Oz uh, source material. So you have to make these characters, like you said, timeless, yeah. uh, funny. Yeah. Um, but you're also pulling on heartstrings. I mean, it, this, is, this is a very emotional show. You sort of get everything from The Wiz. Yeah. I, we're, I, you know, thinking about The Wiz, you go, oh, it's a fun story and everyone's a little silly, which is the best part about The Wiz. The best thing about writing The Wiz is the fact that each character is a little silly mm -hmm. and you don't remember that until you sit down with that script and you open it up. Yeah. Everyone's a goofus. It is so cute. Every character is such a big character, but then they are all real in mm. some way. Like even mm -hmm. Eveline, right? Mm -hmm. Still, you can the veil will get lifted a little bit and you can see her hurting mm. every once in a while and it's like, oh my gosh, who thought, oh, I mean, you just don't get that. Mm -hmm. Usually, especially with musicals, the ingenue is the ingenue and the handsome guy is the handsome guy and, the, and no one is multi-dimensional at all. Um, but in the whiz, they just naturally are. They were before I got to the script. It, it, they really let people be full human beings, which is so nice, so mm -hmm. nice. I just remembered I was having, I had nightmares about Eveline on that toilet bowl when I was a kid and getting flushed. I mean, it was so good when she got flushed, but I know that doesn't happen on stage. Sorry, I just, I, I can go on so many whiz tangents. It's just like, it's just like in my blood. She scared the mess out of me. Eveline <laughs> right? might be one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah. She's truly scary. And also we saw that movie when we were young. Yes. Like the Wiz movie has a lot of scary parts in it. Yes, it's scary. I remember that um that um that uh trash can in the subway. Oh my god, stop. That's I the know. scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so you first took this on five years ago, right? It, you did it at the Muni That's uh, right. summer production. That yeah. was when you first um wrote a book of of a new book of the Wiz. Yeah. Um it's years later, so you've been living with this for for a while. I mean, do you like just walk around thinking about Out of Pearl and Eveline and Aunt M and? It's n it, I do uh -huh. a little bit, but I think it's I suffer a little bit because I have a late night background. Yeah. So I'm used to writing a thing and then performing it for an audience, and then the audience makes the edit with their right reactions, away. right? Yeah. So that I'm an audience 
edit type of person, but you don't really get to do that on Broadway. I mean, we'll change right. it a little bit, but those big changes, they're they're done. We're, wow. we're locking it in. Wow. What do you what do you think is um, different about your take on on the story? I know Shelley Williams mentioned to me that she wanted uh, the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin man to be of the same age as Dorothy, which I think is a really interesting, make them more like a peer group yeah. instead of uncles. Um, what, what other kinds of things are you exploring with, within this that you can talk about? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I have never seen a version of The Wiz that I did not absolutely adore. I love it. I love every production of The Wiz. They're all fun. Even the slow ones are fun. And I am the most impatient person alive. The, the slow ones, ones with children, it doesn't matter. They're all adorable and all um, so fun because the show is very tight, right? Like when you write a musical and you want to write a fast musical, a fast jokey musical, you got like four pages and then a song, four pages and then a song. And it's really the songs right. propping it up so that the production stays fast. The Wiz is naturally that. Like, I find myself adding pages and pages and then being like, nope, and then shrinking it right back mm -hmm. down because the pacing of the show is so good. Mm -hmm. It, For any faults it may have, pacing ain't one of them. That, it's such a tight, it's such a, t it um, feels like a, it feels like a bunch of sketches a little bit. And it mm -hmm. did before I got there. I mean, yeah. And now maybe it feels that way a little bit more. But it is so, the pacing of it is just nuts. Yeah, you just kind of keep it moving. Yeah. Get to the Emerald City and get home. Get there, yeah. <laughs> Which is really hard to do, right? It's hard to write a show where everyone knows everything that's about to happen. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to build <laughs> tension. We all know <laughs> Eveline's gonna get you. We know she's gonna get you. And we know she's probably gonna melt at some point. We all know it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's so, it because of that, we get to explore other things, right? Uh -huh. Because it's inevitable that the tornado's gonna come. It's inevitable that she'll get home. It's inevitable that, um, you know, they'll uh, ask the whiz for help. So then you, it really leaves a lot of space for us to go, how does Dorothy talk to the scarecrow? Like, what do they have in common? Mm -hmm. Which was another great thing that Shelley did was when she put them all in the same age group, it really changed everything. Mm. And then Dorothy can be a real leader of them because for her to be a part of this group is cool. For her to be a young black girl leading these people, like that's fantastic. And we wanted to maybe get a little bit of that. For her to be like uh, the natural leader that she is. Mm -hmm. And then in the end of our version, she becomes the president. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. Uh, finally, you are a fabulous new talent on the Broadway scene. Uh, Tony nominated. <laughs> um, what does this mean for you? I mean, if you think of yourself as that little girl who discovered this show, and I, I mean, it, there's a lot of weight to bringing The Wiz back to Broadway. What, so what does that emotionally mean to you to be a part of this and to get to watch this journey? 
everyone associated with this production of The Wiz is so giddy. <laughs> like, it's bad. We are thrilled. And every <laughs> once in a while, at any point, I can look at anyone else in here and go, and then they go, <laughs> like, it's like we're meeting a celebrity every day, but the celebrity uh, is the show and we get to be a part of it. Like, it really feels big and important. And that, you know, knowing that I was going to be tasked with taking on The Wiz, I was very scared at first. And then I realized I love it. And I love these people who yeah. are associated with it. And so if I just make sure everyone is as taken care of as I can, then it, we will find a good path. And I think with Shelley's leadership, we are more kind to each other than maybe any other place ever. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of real sweethearts who made sure to be sweethearts. Like, we're kind on purpose. Wow, it's always so great to hear from Amber. And it's always great to hear how excited she is to be bringing The Wiz back home to Broadway. The Wiz is making stops in Tempe, Arizona, San Diego, San Francisco, and of course LA before coming to New York at the end of March. And that's gonna do it for this week's episode of The Pod. Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is The Broadway Show Uncut. Uncut.